0: Hello, and welcome to Travel Loving Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Penny. This podcast is dedicated to moms who have a love for travel and share that love with their children. My guests on the show share their travel stories, advice, and tips with us. You'll hear from moms all around the globe with different travel styles and varying ages of children. If you have a desire to travel with your family and need some inspiration, then this podcast is for you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can go to Travel slash Be a Guest. Travel Loving Moms podcast can be heard on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Check us out on your favorite social media channel at Travel Loving Moms. Without further ado, let's get started on today's podcast. Welcome to episode 21. My guest today is a mom to one daughter whom she wanted to spend more time with, so they set out on a big adventure backpacking through Asia for two and a half years. They are from Australia, where they return to during breaks from traveling. She just released her first book, which I've had the honor to be one of the first to read. I really enjoyed it. She expressed humor, struggles, and all they have learned through their adventures. You can find her... On Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and her blog at Mom Pack Travel, her book will be available through Barnes and Noble and Target starting November the 12th. But it is available for pre-order now. I'd like to welcome my guest today, Evie. Evie, where are you calling in for today?
1: We're in Sydney, in Australia. We just got back um, yesterday from a trip. We went up into into Asia, and we visited. Cambodia, Malaysia and Singapore and we stayed overnight uh, in the city last night because today we're setting off to um, do a book signing for our book that's coming out um, very soon.
0: Wonderful and I do want to get into your book but just not just not just yet. That's fine <laughs>
1: with me. <laughs> but see, usually, we li- usually we live down south a little bit where about our home is about 40 minutes to an hour south of Sydney on the southern beaches. But right now we're, we're in the city and I like I'm in a hotel room looking out over the harbour and the opera house. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful spot.
0: Now you're probably going to say, I say this in all of my shows, but Australia has been on my bucket list since I was mm-hmm. a little girl. And it's still on my bucket list. And mm. my daughter wants to go now. So one day maybe we can meet you over there. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be fun. We you know, we spend a lot of time overseas, but we're trying to do a lot more travel in Australia. And a few months ago we hired a camper van and did a little road trip and that was so much fun. So, if you come down, you know, you have to you have to take quite a bit of time. A lot of people yeah. think they can see Australia in a few weeks and it's it's not the case. You need you need a good amount of time. So, save your holidays up <laughs> and come down. <laughs> Now, tell us a little bit more
0: about you and your daughter. I, I kind of know your story since I've already read your book, but um, could you tell us about y'all?
1: Uh, yeah, um, Emily is nine, um, and I'm a solo parent, so I've looked after Emmy by myself since just after she was born. We, um, we We love travel, and it's really because during the first few years of her life, I was, I was full-time working, as many people are, and we all know how difficult that is. And when I could, I would take holidays, chunks of time where we could go somewhere and just spend all our time together away from the routine and the responsibilities of home. Um, but, you know, working full-time and not having time with your child is, is really difficult and it's very hard to balance Uh, Being able to spend for me to be able to spend the time I wanted to with Emily and uh, to be able to earn the income that we needed to maintain our mortgage and our home and the lifestyle that we had. And so in 2016, um, we left to travel together full time and we ended up spending about two and a half years on the road together, backpacking mostly through Asia, because to me, that was what was more affordable than being at home. Travelling in Mm -hmm. Asia is quite cheap and it allowed us just to spend all that time together and also for Em during these really formative years to learn about the big world that's out there and about different cultures and religion and ways of life rather than only growing up surrounded by the suburbs and the sameness um, Mm -hmm. of life there. I don't know if you know, but I'm a single parent too. I didn't um, know that.
0: Yeah, and my daughter's eight, and I've been a single parent ever since day one, and that I totally understand how you feel. I actually work a full time job while starting this podcast, and the struggle is real. It is
1: very real. It's really hard. um, I think I think it's really hard emotionally because I get a lot of satisfaction from work, and I'm sure you do too. And I've always worked and I love it, but that it takes us away from our children at this very, very important time in their lives when they're young and they're growing and they need us, I think, by their side. just makes it extra tough to know that you can't be there because you have to earn money and and it's as a solo parent, every responsibility is yours. Mm-hmm. and there's no division of because it's not only working it's not only being the only person to look after the child as you know it's the emotional burden as well the guilt of being away while you're earning money but then you've also got to pay the bills you have you have to manage every single thing and yeah it's it's tough and um however when you're travelling it does have its advantages <laughs> because <laughs> you know I, we didn't it was just em and me making all the decisions and that worked out really well
0: <laughs> and that's good I, I watch y'all um on instagram your stories and everything and after reading your book you you and your daughter have almost the same relationship as me and my daughter um, mm. we're just best buddies and i'm not i always feel like i'm the only one making all the decisions because it is hard making some decisions for the both of us but mm-hmm. I could ask her, and she helps me a lot. She'll tell me, "No, I really don't want to do that," or "I don't like that idea," or something. So, um, I think it's really even though we're not supposed, to, our kids should not be our buddies. But when you're, and a lot of people don't understand, but when you're a single parent, you you end up kind of being a buddy with your with your child. You have to to make yourself sane.
1: <laughs> I agree. I read that all the time, and when people say your child can't be your best friend, and I think well. The, the relationship that we are in as single parents with our child, we're together all the time. On my conversations mm-hmm. at home, and I think that's why our, our kids are probably a little bit more, I know Emmy like is quite articulate and a little bit mature, is because when I come home from work, I don't have another adult that I sit and talk to while my child plays or, or whatever. I talk to Em. So we're one-on-one a lot of the time talking. We have a very close relationship because of that. And, um, and yeah, I, I feel like with travelling as well, enabling her to make decisions about where we should go or, um, you know, she would come up with, she wanted to go to China um, to see a couple of things and we ended up going there twice um, just on her desire to see like the glass wall play. And also we ended up camping on the great wall of China because she wanted to do that. So it's, I think it's really empowering for kids to be able to have a say. And I feel like, I guess when it's one-on-one and it's just the two of you, there's not a lot to kind of manage out. It's not like there's one kid in a huge family. Um, so it, it is, it does make life a little bit easier on the road too, I think.
0: Yes. Cause you do have that open relationship and being able to talk to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, and there's just two of you. So yeah, it's, um, you know, there's upsides to being a solo parent for sure. I probably have a much better relationship with my daughter than I would otherwise.
0: What made y'all want to go to Asia? You had said though that it was cheaper. So was it Asia cheaper compared to like going around Europe?
1: Well, I didn't really consider Europe, I suppose. I think for us, Asia is very close. It's like, you know, Australia is so far from everywhere. So Asia is Mm -hmm. around seven, eight hours, maybe a little bit more if you go further north, but it's reasonably close for us in Australia. And I traveled there before. And in my opinion, it's really easy travel. It's very safe and it's very beautiful. And there is a diversity of religion and culture there and there's a lot of amazing history as well so it was a nice little package for us as well as being really affordable and the food there is cheap and fresh there's a real street food culture so um yeah it, and, and you can visit so many different countries as well as there's easy border crossings or you can fly really cheaply so for us it was it was um yeah just a very simple option and it meant we were still close to home if anything happen and Europe is like I would love to go and spend more time there and we had planned to do it actually over this summer uh, but because of the book it didn't our plans didn't quite work out so we went to Asia instead but it's definitely more expensive for us I suppose for me it was less familiar as well I have spent quite a bit of time there but Asia's familiar and I feel safe there with Emmy. Your, tr- your
0: travel style was
1: Simma, y'all
0: didn't move fast, but y'all did some very interesting things on your travels. Could you tell us about some of that?
1: Yeah. So we had one backpack, one big backpack that I carried. And then Emmy had a little day pack. And I had a day pack as well and a handbag. Um, and yeah, we just took it easy. And look, I think this is the beauty of traveling without a deadline. So we, when we left, we had one-way tickets. And so we never had to be anywhere. And also I wasn't kind of feeling like every step forward we took made us closer to coming home because we didn't have that deadline. So that just changed everything. And we would just go wherever and stay as long as we wanted. We, we started in the Philippines and... We travelled a little bit through there, um, not as long as I wanted because I got a burst eardrum in like the second week of our trip and Emmy was also sick. But then that meant that because we didn't have plans, it didn't matter. We could just stop and get better. And then we went to Taiwan, which was a little bit cooler, which would be good for my ear because I couldn't swim Um, and Em had this like (laughs) fungus thing on her face. so I thought that getting out of the humidity would be good for her too. So we went somewhere that we hadn't. It wasn't even on my radar before, and we had an amazing, incredible time there. It's a beautiful place. I really recommend Taiwan. Um, But highlights, I suppose, were definitely like camping on the Great Wall of China and swimming with mantas and seeing elephants in the wild in Sri Lanka. Um, But not only were they like wildlife or um, kind of landmark experiences. There were things like just train travel in China where we met so many local people and just spent like hours and hours and hours on trains um that it was just a beautiful experience watching the countryside go by and and sri lanka sitting in the doorways of the blue trains with the weeds whipping our feet as we like kind of clicked along um it was just incredibly beautiful and meaningful and a time where kind of everything stood still and i could just sit and be happy and think about how here I was in this amazing place just with little M who was sitting next to me with her head on my shoulder and we had a lot of beautiful experiences like that
0: and that's just a beautiful experience in itself mm. to know that your child is that trusting and that comfortable mm. in her situation and surroundings
1: yeah absolutely and i think that is such a huge benefit of travelling like this with kids because Emily is very comfortable now in different environments and I feel she's very confident in that too. And I like that because I I feel that, like I said before, um, being at home, which I, you know, I also, we live in a beautiful part of Australia, um, but it is, I suppose, quite sheltered. And I really wanted her to have skills in different areas and, things like being able to explore and being able to have an open mind because you have, you know, it just becomes part of you when you've seen all of these different things and met so many different people. And also I think acknowledging that there are many children who have less than her. I think kids these days get so much and what Mm -hmm. they see on the telly or on the YouTube shows that they watch are children that have more than them. So it just, it just breeds this kind of dissatisfaction with what, they have and we need to show them more of people who have less of kids that are desperate to go to school of kids that you know their toy is a plastic bottle that they kick around the dirty streets um i think that's so important for for our children uh not only so they can be grateful for what they have but that they can build that empathy or that that um desire to want to help others as well. That's
0: awesome. I love that you spoke on that. Thank you. It's
1: mm-hmm. Okay. Now, where do y'all, where do y'all stay when you travel? We stay in but such a diverse range of places. It usually depends on how, how much I'm worrying about money at the time. Um, but we stay in hostels and hostels are great. Um, hostels these days have family rooms and it's a really nice meeting place for Travelers. It's usually you know, quite young backpackers um, that M has a lot of fun with. And uh, we stay in guest houses, which are, you know, like smaller um, run little family hotels, I suppose. And then we also stay, sometimes we get sponsored stays or I pay for us to stay in resorts. So usually, especially when we first started, that was when, um, you know, say every month or two, When I was tired and I needed a break, I'd find a place that had a kids' club. So Em could go into kids' club for a few few hours. I'd have a wine, just chill, have some space. Um, Yeah, but we love all of it. And I do love the hostels because I feel like you get that really meaningful experience where you meet other people who are travelling and you can talk about where they've been and get advice on what they loved doing in the country or area that you're in um and also just get exposure to other people
0: that's great when you immerse yourself in it and you do get to be a part of everything yeah instead of just being a just living like a tourist then you don't really get to experience it hands-on as much
1: yeah that's right so I think we like all kinds of travel and I but I also feel like sometimes um there's a way of thinking that if you travel a certain way, you're not really um, traveling. And I feel like whatever travel anyone does, whether it is staying in a resort or, or really like backpacking and getting out there, um, I think everything's valid. And it's all about just how you like to travel. Like I met a bloke the other day who he had just had his first ever overseas holiday from Australia and he went to Club Med. And that's what he felt comfortable doing, going to an all-inclusive resort for his holiday. And I think that's brilliant because it's just that whole um, change to get out there and do something different and discover more of the world. And while it might not be getting out there backpacking, I think whatever way people want to travel, like just just travelling is valuable in itself.
0: Now, how does Emmy like travelling?
1: She loves it. She really does love mm-hmm. it. And I'm so happy because it would <laughs> it would be really tough if she didn't. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. And she's a good little traveller as well. Um, I don't you know, with kids you've got to have downtime, of course. You can't be on the go all the time. But, um, yeah, I mean, she's great. She's great. And she she really is involved in it too. It's not just like I'm dragging her around. She has a say in where we go and she suggests places that she wants to go and, and we do it. And we also do things like, um, you know, when we went to Taiwan, there was a frozen exhibition and she wanted to go to it. And I was like, my first instinct was like, oh my gosh, we're in Taiwan. Why would I want to go to a Disney frozen exhibition? But with kids, you've got to do that stuff. So you really have to mm-hmm. make sure that you don't, again, get into a mindset where you kind of think, well, no, you can't do that. You've got to listen. I find for me, like, it was it was really helpful to listen to Em and just do what she wanted to do, whether it was something more adventurous or the glass walkway in China or seeing a frozen exhibition. No, you know, keep the children happy. I think on the road is very important.
0: And I love how you let her pick places. And yeah. she picks some pretty cool places too when she does it.
1: <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> Although I think like with the glass walkway in China, she found it, she found videos online and I think it was like this desire to see people really freaking out walking on the glass walkway and clinging to the sides of the mountains. So she <laughs> she really wanted to see that and we ended up having an amazing adventure because of it because Zhaiji in China where these avatar mountains are um, is it's quite difficult to navigate or it was then because we couldn't really find very much information about it. It's visited domestically um, a lot by the Chinese. It's really, really popular. But we managed, we again stayed in a hostel and we had a really good host who also spoke English and he was really helpful and there was so much up the mountain. There's like, there's a, a lift on an elevator called the Bailong Elevator and it's glass. It's like Willy Wonka. And you go up the side of a mountain in this glass elevator and have incredible views. And then you go back down through the mountain on an escalator. I think we went down about 50 escalators to get back down. It was crazy. There's all this amazing stuff. But they also, the Chinese take care of the nature there so well. Mm-hmm. There are specific paths to walk on and, you know, rubbish bins and. Um, toilets and everything set up really really well to protect the nature there so that's really good to see also
0: we're gonna have to go to china because we have um a lot of friends who i taught in english class at my church and um they were all returning back to china and everyone was like come visit us come visit us free place to stay i said we could probably just travel around china and stay at everybody's different houses and, you know, and see the country and everything just by visiting them. But just hearing you talk about it makes me want to go. And I kind of agree with him. I seen people do that glass, <laughs> um, that glass walk and it would probably fascinate me too, yeah. just to wa- watch faces and everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> So funny. So funny. That's pretty- you know, you should go to China because I think for some reason we, we only see pictures or that there's a way of thinking that China is just all of it is industrial and busy and chaotic and, and difficult, but there is some of the most incredible nature there that I've seen. And the people in China were so friendly to us. They would like, Mm -hmm. we would get off a train after a long train trip and people would come and say, no, please get in my taxi. Let me take you to where you're going. So, um, you know, they just help us because sometimes it I mean it can be a little bit um, daunting. So I think just knowing that the people are really helpful. and there were a couple of times when I needed help that like we were hiking up a mountain and I can't remember what I needed to ask, but i I literally just stood in the throng of all these people and just said, "Does anyone speak English?" And someone did and they came over and helped me. Um, and we had, yeah, people just approach us and say, "Please, can we show you this ancient town and people chasing m down the street to give her fresh fruit they're just beautiful so mm-hmm. yeah i really recommend it do you have
0: any travel tips for single fam single moms or dads and um tips on backpacking <sighs>
1: um uh for me that i think you just you want to reduce the, the stress and worry That you have. And so I feel like being able to take it easy and take your time when you're traveling, but just not putting too much expectations on yourself. I know a lot of people when they go traveling, and I used to be like this too, is that you want to fit as much as you can into your limited time away because most of us, when we're working, only get two, four weeks a year for our trip. So you want to fit as much as you can into that. But I think we need to refocus that and think of the experience and time we have with our kids. And so just take the pressure off from having to achieve everything so it's much more relaxed and you're much more comfortable. Um, Other tips, like like a lot of people used to ask me about safety and whether I was concerned about Emily's safety while we were away. And to be honest, I was before we left. But for me, Asia was a really, really safe place. But we would always have a meeting point. And we would also, both of us before we left, each day from wherever we were would get a hostel card or a hotel card, especially when we were in a place where English wasn't widely spoken. So that if we got lost, um, we could grab a taxi or policeman or whoever. So if we were separated, for example, Emily would have her hotel card and she would able to mm-hmm. be able to get back to the hostel where we were staying. Um, and we never did anything to... like. I would let Em roam free to a degree if I was happy in the area that we were. So we'd lived in Vietnam for a few months and I was very comfortable with that area and there was a restaurant that I'd love to go to and out the front were all the people with selling like all the little toys, the things that fly up into the air and the spinning tops. And she used to love going and looking at those and I'd be quite comfortable to just sit at the restaurant overlooking that area and let her run around and have her independence Um, while I had a cocktail or something. Um, So I don't need to keep her by my side all the time. But as well, we never were out very late. And I was also just very careful. I suppose with safety, you know, I just think about, well, what do you do at home to keep your kids safe and do the same thing while you're travelling? You don't want to be too over the top. You want to let them have a bit of freedom, but you just always have to be mindful and aware of what you're doing where you are
0: right on so many different levels mm. yeah and if we don't give them that freedom then they're gonna not enjoy the trip
1: as much either we hovering over them all the time exactly and they're not gonna learn and and grow you know so i, I love with em now that she will she'll just chat to anybody and <laughs> i think people also are very appreciative of curiosity in kids so mm-hmm. em would ask people you know straight up about their religion or um, about you know what a, what a hijab is and why women are wearing them and uh, I think it's good it starts a conversation and it shows that we're all people we're, we just have different ways of doing things and different beliefs but we can connect I think that's really important for children it makes the world seem less scary Cause the world's going through yeah. so many changes at the moment. So many things are happening all around. It can seem like a big and scary place for children. So it's good for them to connect. I think with people who are different. And I mean, that's a great thing that you had with your church, like teaching English and making that connection too, because I think every connection we make with people who, who we aren't the same as who, who have different beliefs and religions and culture, it's it's a really strong connection for us and for being open-minded and for learning and potentially making the world a better place, particularly through our children.
0: Now, if someone was going to backpack, what is, what's a couple of things that you would suggest
1: and not forget? Oh, okay. Well, look, again, I feel <laughs> like you can take the pressure off because generally wherever you are these days, you can get whatever you need. that's what I always tell myself. I'm like, don't stress because if you forget something, just go to the shop and buy it. But I think it's very important to have a a first aid kit. And I also bought with us, when we first left, I went to the doctor and I uh, got a few prescriptions for antibiotics. And I took those with us so that when we first started getting sick um, in the Philippines, at least I had some medicine on hand that we could take um so that was really important I mean it just depends because you really don't want to carry a lot a lot of people these days travel with carry-on only so there are blogs Mm -hmm. devoted to how to pack just a day pack with what you need and but for us you know we had a pack full of schoolwork, and like we took our snorkels and masks probably a lot of stuff we didn't really need but it still fit um but yeah, I, I think also for me what I liked having was a wet bag for my camera so that if we went like on a boat or, um, yeah, just out on the water, I could keep that reasonably safe. Um, mm-hmm. Tweezers. I love having my tweezers. <laughs> I yes. Take a few creature comforts, I suppose. <laughs> but, yeah, it depends as well. Um, I always pack like – clothes that we have or old clothes when we're traveling because I know that they're going to get worn a lot and um, yeah but I don't know other people like taking a, a whole little mini wardrobe I think with your kids like check what clothes they love because I end up taking stuff for Emily or she packs her bag and then she ends up wearing the same thing every single day that just happened this trip she had a, many different outfits well not many which had a few and she wore the same shirts and shorts every day. That's all she wanted to wear. So
0: mm.
1: you can reduce, <laughs> you can probably reduce your, your kids' amount of clothes. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't stress. I think, like, getting travel insurance and having a medical kit is probably the most important thing to do. And then, yeah, it's just really your clothes and and shoes. Make sure to get comfortable shoes as well. Like, when you're walking a lot, I'd suggest not taking, like, just your Uh, thin little flip-flops but investing in some supportive walking shoes because when you're traveling you're walking a lot um and you don't want to get like plantar fasciitis or any kind of kind of damaging um things that inhibit you so yeah I think that's important as well
0: all wonderful tips Mm -hmm. thank you so much
1: okay our
0: last thing and we need to get into this before we leave is um your book (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that you've only been talking about it like a ton lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to thank you. I felt very privileged that I got to read it. And I didn't want to because I have like a thousand questions to ask you, but I right. don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> um, but I do highly suggest it to anyone that wants to travel, especially around Asia, because you have some amazing stories that you share with us. Um, it, I, it just opened up your life in this book and I just loved every bit of it. Um, and I have favorite parts and I'm going to mention them, but I don't want to tell anything about it. Okay. I love when he talked about the elephants and going to the reserves and stuff. I love that story. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that jumped out at me when y'all, when you were telling us about riding on the train, the open blue trains yeah. was when the lady walked up to you and said, um, that you did it for love oh yeah
1: yeah that was in uh, China yeah that
0: was amazing crying I was was like oh that's awesome I love that so um that's just a few of my favorite things I think the whole book was my favorite book (laughs) I actually read it don't tell anybody (laughs) oh thank you so so what was your oh you're welcome so what was the decision to write it
1: Actually, um, I was in, we were in Cambodia. I was visiting my sister who works there um, for a not-for-profit, and I got an email from the publisher, and it just said, "Have you ever thought of writing a book?" And uh, and I had, but it was probably one of those things that I would never get around to. So, hmm. uh, so yeah, I hadn't done anything about it, and I didn't know anything about it really. And and so I just was. I said I wrote back and said. Yes, and it started a conversation and then I had to submit uh, like a, a summary uh, chapter and I had to submit like just a few things and this commissioning editor, Jane, then took it to the process that publishing houses go through to commission books and, and all of a sudden I had a contract to write a book and three months to write it. So that's when we came home to Australia and I started writing, and that was at the end of last year. And I submitted uh, the the manuscript at the end of January, and then there was a massive editing process. And, yeah, it's in store here in Australia on Monday. And I just found out, like, I'm so excited that it's going to be in America. It's not, um, like, released by a publisher in America, but there's a distributor that's putting it into target and Barnes and & Noble from the 12th of November, which is awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. I keep saying to them, like, I I have a big um, community in America. Uh, there's a huge traveling family community that I know, like, mm-hmm. through Instagram that we talk all the time, and I'd really love to come over and uh, even if Emmy and I just fly ourselves over and get a little camper van and drive around and go to bookstores for signings, Thanks. like I would love to do that. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful something will happen and we'll get over there.
0: That would be awesome. I would love to host y'all. <laughs> that would be fabulous. <laughs> um, and what's the
1: name of the book? It's called Backyard to Backpack. Solo mum, a six-year-old, and a life-changing adventure. And you can, I love it. um, People can pre-order now on the Barnes and Noble and Target website so it will get delivered. And I think also um, you can also order on Book Depository. I think I guess it's worthwhile checking the prices because I think Book Depository display free delivery. And yeah, anyway, there's a few ways that, that people can get it if they would like.
0: It's awesome, and I highly suggest it. I can't say that
1: enough. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) That was nerve-wracking for me. You were really were the first person kind of outside of the um, the editor and, um, yeah, people within Murdoch Books who published the book, who'd read it. Like I can't ever look at it again because I've read it so many times and I know that if I look at it, I'm going to pick up typos and grammatical errors and it will just hurt me. So (laughs) I went – you know, when you'd read it, I was so anxious just to hear. Like, is it okay? Is it okay? So I'm really pleased yeah. that you love it.
0: Oh yes, and I like, like I said, you just opened up your life. You opened up Emmy for us. You just in your experiences, the things that y'all saw and did. It was like you were just kind of we were going along with you, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so I appreciate you oh, and great. congratulations.
1: At. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we're actually going off to sign some books today at the the uh, warehouse here because people who pre-ordered in Australia get a signed copy, so we get to go and sign all those copies today. It's a bit exciting.
0: Wonderful. Yes, well, that is just wonderful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Anna. Thank you so much, Evie, for being a guest today and sharing your story and your advice and your tips with us. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you.
1: Yeah, I've enjoyed it too. That's fun.
0: Well, good. Just let our listeners know that they can follow you on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and your blog at Mom Pack Travel. That's M U M Pack Travel. Yeah. Be sure to check out our book. Until next time, may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome.